This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Tzfarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. He has a piece, two pieces on Hanukkah. I want to start in the middle of the first piece on on Tufnun Hay, Amut Tufnun Hay. And he speaks about what was the point of the of the nace and the nisayin and so on. So, on the surface of it, you know, Akadosh Baruch Hu shows his greatness through nisim, which he rejects because the Beis Hamikdash was always had ten nisim kavuim, and it's not something that one could um, say that we needed another nace and so on. So he quotes over here and more matters in second paragraph. In the base of Migdash, Shara Kedusha, Kmabalantnei was a place that had Kedusha like the world before Chait painted it. In the pelikol kach v'pach Hashem and Yisabroch Kezoyis Hashem and Dalek Shmoni Yom. So the nace itself is not so remarkable because the base Migdash in general was a place where the laws of nature played less of a role. V'leinu lechapis mahalach yosamok v'vonis haneshesh karamlech. We have to look to 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 give meaning to the nace. A nace is there for some sort of meaning. It's either teaching us about Kachparuch's greatness or how the laws of nature fold in front of him, and that can't be the point of the nace. So let's try to understand it. For Achi, on a motim shorishenim nosnos daitem alzeh, the rishonim give us some sort of sense of it. Vabach bereishol zaschanek. The bach brings to Marami Rappenberg was from the last Balatolsus alzeh. Avul bechanekah ikar gzera choya al shisrasha bavoda. There was a catch-22 situation. The reason for the Xera was that things had been sort of sliding downhill. Um, actually, uh, that was the first time actually there was a sense of assimilation, a cultural assimilation, was the Jews started becoming uh, Hellenist. You never had that phenomenon before. The Jews were oppressed by Babylon, oppressed by Persia, but um, to actually willingly become part of it, that happened then. And when they did tshuva, that's when Akharish Baruch Hu, um, when they were most nefesh for it, that's when Akharish Baruch Hu saved them. And then he continues. Purim, the main zero was because they physically enjoyed being in the palace. So there was a physical tshuva. When they did tshuva, inu nafsham, they abstained. In other words, when she wanted to pinpoint specifically what they ought to do, is you need to step back and go the other direction. And that's why the yantiv is eating and feasting. The main there was not because they physically enjoyed, but because they kind of became very sluggish about Avodah Hashem. And that's why the Xerah was to stop the Avodah. One Xerah was to, to stop the Tomit. They also said there's a mitzvah that if you stop them, they're gone. 
Vezes of Lokas Menorah, Shkosva Lasnev Tomid. Kolzma Shadikma Yisik Tomid Him Amdim, Omlu Vitim Akol Hashmanim. When they did tshuva by risking their lives for for avodas beis hamikdash, sent Yeshua through the kohanim who are in the beis hamikdash. and that's why the nays specifically happened by neiros. because they gave their lives for the kim so the Bach, quoting from Rami Rothenberg, says the following point, that he makes both points. For him, the Iker problem was that they physically began to indulge in, in, in the Suda. The Tshuva required rescinding some element of being physical, and, uh, and then the Yeshua and the, and, and the way of celebrating the Nase is by eating and drinking, uh, Hanukkah was not that they were attracted to something of Yovanis as much as they were sluggish and tired of Avodah Hashem, because Prophet sent Xera in the world of Avodah, and they rectified it, and the uh, Takana to mark the Nase was in Avodah. So he, dis- he defines his point here. Next page. Panim Chadash's Rinukah. We have a whole new um, perspective on it. Xeros in Avodah's below Siba. Xeros do not come without a cause. If there wouldn't have been any Israshkos, the Yivonim would not have made a Gzera. And when they were most nefesh with Miyad Let's talk about this because this is a mafteh, a lot of things. Rabbi Rucham actually speaks about it in a few places. He quotes him. Um, we, we have, it, it's, there's something here that's counterintuitive. If let's say we see that somebody is kind of not learning so much, he's not learning as well, he's not doing school as well as he should do, etc. So one tendency is to try to make it easier for a person. Um, you know, and, and the definitely, if the problem lies in the ability of the person to handle whatever it is that we're giving him, then obviously making it easier is the right thing to do. But we're talking about where a person can do and could perform, but he's, he's kind of giving up on it. He's, he's, he's being sluggish about it. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes it away from us. And it's an extraordinary thing. Um, let's look back at something in history that, that I remember that, you know, and that kind of is still in our conscience. Um, in Russia, the, the, before the revolution, the Jews were basically leaving Yiddishkeit. And once the Soviet Union came into power, and once the communist regime came into power, and they said, you're not allowed to keep mitzvahs, at some point, and it was a point that I remember, there was an underground movement that was most nefesh for it. And it seems almost hovahatalia. It's like, um, it's because I, it was taken away. I need to ask myself how important is it to me, and I need to rise to the challenge even from Mr. Nefesh. You say to yourself, there's something strange about it. And here we are in a situation where when things were okay, were doable, people slacked off. And all of a sudden, 
when it became usher and under the threat of imprisonment for death, a lot of people were most nefesh for it. How's that? I remember in the 80s, I was used to teach and they had all sorts of programs for different, besides the main program, all sorts of odds and ends. There was a program for, um, for Russian Jews at the time and for Brazilians. In the Brazilian, there were no xeris against anything. Uh, the life was just good and pleasant, and uh, very, you know, the, the massive of Shmir uh, was not great to bomb to mildly. And Rebnov was speaking about the tremendous misdemeanors in Russia, and he says, so what's the solution to Brazil? Should we get the government to ban Yiddishkeit? That might actually get people to do it. And the truth is, it is like that. It's when, um, you know, take an example, you have a teenager who's upset at home, he says, I don't want to live at home, he says, fine, go there, you're not your persona non grata at home, all of a sudden, hey, you know, one second, I mean, the Akadosh Baruch Hu a lot of times works that way because that's the way we work. When we, when we take something for granted, it's because we don't appreciate it. And the best way to, to appreciate it is when you can't take it for granted anymore, when it's taken away from you. When it's taken away from you, you all of a sudden say to yourself, wow, I let it slip through my fingers. It's what Chorban Beis Amidus was about. We took Beis Amidus for granted. It was an institution that became corrupt, and, and people looked at it as a given. And, you know, and when that, when that shook, um, we had to... Um, it, it brought out within us the realization of what it is that we had and we lost. So the mysterious nefesh is a demonstration of how deeply do we really miss it. So we had, Claudia Yisrael had sort of slacked off on Hodas Hashem, and every slacking off, every sluggishness is because you take it for granted. It's like when somebody pushes hard to establish a business, and then once it's going, you kind of sit back. That's the nature of a person. When something shakes you up and you see it's not for granted, Mr. Snefesh is the display of how important it is for you. Mikani says, on a this teaches us many stark events of Chayashol. So all the, the Xeris in, in Chayashol over the years, it was true in the Inquisition. Again, I, I, it, we're not, certainly we don't have the ability to um, judge generations, and, but looking historically, um, the Spanish jury had acculturated and assimilated rapidly. It was unfortunate there was a lot of conversions even before the Inquisition and so on, um, you know, because socially people integrated well and so on. Akadosh Baruch who brought a terrible zero which forced people to decide Im Lashem, Im Laval. And for the, for the majority of Kaisal who decided to stay with Akadosh Baruch Hu, they have to literally be most nefesh. But that mysterious nefesh made it very powerfully imprinted that this is what we want. This is a prototype for many gzeres in Kaisal. A gzera usually comes in the wake of his rashos. And every Hatzola comes with Tshuva. 
so Agzer Bob equals as to Pneashkocha. Shnegremis may refinish as the Zerkaisal Nerf Madregal Yenish or Shmir Salakis, Shmas Holko, but Shumas is never Shmamidus is Shumatsovit with the Rezashem. So you have Messirus Nefesh is not just a hardship, it's a description of how important it is for you. Um, what kind of difficulty, how, how meaningful is it for you? Messirus Nefesh means it belongs to the very core of my being. And that usually returns the thing to, to, to its rightful owner. I, I want to look back at some historical things. Um, the Nisoyen that people had with Shemir Shabbos in the two generations ago in America was a Nisoyen where um, it tested what Shabbos meant us. Today, Baruch Hashem, we can take it for granted. But the people who passed the test with the Messias Nefesh meant that Shabbos became established as something very core. If he's a Shomer Shabbos, he's Chelek Chaisol. If he's not a Shomer Shabbos, he's, he's in the waiting room of Chaisol. But we have a very clear distinction. It only happened, the, the powerful sense that we still have of how meaningful Shemir Shabbos is, is because of the people that were most inefficient. And it goes in cycles. The problem is anytime something comes established, you take it for granted. Um, somebody once told me, his father had come over from Uruguay. His father, his father had come from Europe to Uruguay. It was most um, tremendous, Mr. Snefish, for Yiddish cat. Tremendous. He sent his kids away there when they were eight years old because he knew they wouldn't um, be Shoma Shabbos and everything. But he was also not a big Tom Kochum and he would be mocked on things that were crazy. Like he would fast the hobby when he was a sick old man and so on. You couldn't move him. And the son told me jokingly if my father was half the Tom Kochum I am, he would have been Mechal Shabbos a long time ago. He would have found a head for this and for that. The other thing, um, we, we have to look at, let's stand back in history and think about there are big cycles and different periods in Kaisal, different mitzvahs had their issues. Um, you know, people point out that in Europe and Lithuania, especially women did not cover their hair. Um, by large, almost nobody, no woman in between the wars in, in Lithuania, except for the Rav. Actually, and, and the uh, shoulders wipe now is it. There was a tremendous business there because people were very embarrassed to walk around. And someone told me, that, you know, the reason why they shaved. It, it was, you were very, very self conscious about the sort of a Jew, and people tried to minimize it. You know, we, we there was a certain, you know, sort of, I guess, Chassidim made a certain stand on that topic, and it became easier for us. But it's a cycle. We take things for granted, we start slacking off. Kashprochel throws a hurdle in the way, and, it, and, and then when we overcome it, it becomes meaningful. It's true on a personal level also. Uh, people go through life, I guess, when we're growing up in yeshiva, we get a kind of package, and everything else packaged, and it's normal, it's natural, so on and so forth. As life goes on, you know, you, you sort of lose steam a little bit, and then a particular hardship comes up in a particular area. A lot of times, and you say to yourself, you know, it's, it's hard enough to do it without the hardship. Like, why would I struggle to make an extra burden? If I, if I can hardly walk the mile, why, why put, put on my back, uh, you know, 20 pounds of weights? But a lot of times, that's the purpose of it. A person has to make a decision how important it is for me. When things become tough and a person realizes it's not for granted, the need to really tough it out helps the person realize how important it is for him. Um, in marriage is the same thing. Sometimes marriage is sort of uh, loosening, and then 
from your, you know, and then a person is given an ultimatum, leave or change. And sometimes the ultimatum itself tells you, I don't want to leave. So if I don't want to leave, I really need to do as well. The hardships most of the time force a person to make a decision, which a lot of times serves to jumpstart a process. So the next Hanukkah is generically for all the things, for all of Vodas Hashem, a clear demonstration. The Nisim that have in Mitzrayim were there for a purpose and, and so on. Those, these Nisim were an, an example of a slackening of Avoda. Then it doubled. And, we, and, and to do Avodah Hashem, not only um, were we not inclined to do it, but Akash Baruch made it dangerous to do it, and we had to stand up and possibly be killed for it. Once we did it, we regained what, the ground we lost, because we understood how important it is for us. Okay.